Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We've been going through the book of Nehemiah. We've been talking about a time to build. And uh, the reality is, uh, you know, the people have been living in the land, but they, uh, and it had taken them many generations, but they'd rebuilt the temple. I mean, it took them 20 years, they'd rebuilt the temple, but they had lived without walls. And even though they had a spiritual life, it wasn't manifesting in the rest of their life because every time they started to get ahead, everything got taken from them. Anybody had that you know, as a season of your life? And so the reality was they, be- they wanted to build walls around them, right? And why they wanted to build walls so that they had boundaries, they had protection, they could uh, not uh, be taken from, they could, and therefore they could continue to grow. God's goal is always generational increase. He wants you to go, us to go from glory to glory, increase upon increase when we're fighting just not to lose. That's not God's best. And so what happens is, is they're building this wall, but we talked about this last week. There were 32 different groups that took different portions of the wall, and I think eight different groups that took uh, um, gates, and these 32 different, but they worked on only their section of wall, right? But how silly it would be if they worked on just their section of wall, but it didn't connect to the next piece of wall next to them. Can you imagine, you know, my wall my wall, my wall. Anybody see a problem with that? Yeah, What's going to, the space. What's going to happen in the space between the wall? Yeah, the <laughs> Some of you know where I'm going. The space between the wall is where the enemy comes in. Anybody here? Hmm, no, we won't talk about that. We'll move on. Uh, uh, some of you know what I was going to say, and you've already heard it, so that was good enough. All right, so what we're going to do is I want to keep, I want to keep moving a little bit, but we're going to move in a little bit different direction. Because as they began to build, what did they face? They faced opposition. We saw in uh, um, chapter 2, verse 19, it said, of Nehemiah, if you have Bibles, I recommend them. Verse 19, it said, But when Samballot the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? You are rebelling against the king. And who here, when you begin to follow God, are surprised that you face opposition? Right? You're like, it's the promise of the Lord! Right? Everybody will be happy for me. Right? Right? I will have no problems. I will not get offended at anybody. But here's the deal. Do you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't let the reaction of Samballat, Tobiah, and, and, and uh, Geshem to cause him to react to them and then change the subject. Anybody here, you were following Jesus and then somebody attacked you and so you got offended, so then you totally forgot Jesus and went on the warpath? Nope. Okay, thank you. I see that hand. Seriously, if the enemy, the enemy wins if we go attack those who attack. That's why Jesus said, bless those who what? Why? The blessing is more powerful. And I don't mean this, bless your heart. We know that's not what that is, right? Okay. No, it's literally one of the most violent things you can do is forgive and then, and then pray that God would show you how to bless from the heart. 
Because guess what happens when you bless from the heart? It's like a flood of cool, clean water shooting through you toward the person. And you know what it does? It cleans out all the gunk. Anybody here been distracted by, oh, well, never mind. I, I've got to stay on track or we'll never survive. No, no, no. Okay, so, but, but, so anybody here, you thought you won the battle? And then later, so they build up the wall to half its height. We talked about how big that was. Do we have that picture of them building the wall? I mean, it's a photograph from ancient times. Yeah, there you go. See? Wow, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, no, but it was 40 feet high. You know, it was, it was uh, you know, uh, doing the math, 40 feet high. You know, it was uh, four kilometers, 2.6 miles around, and it was eight feet thick. That's a lot. But they couldn't do it. by the. Believe it or not, they did most of this without any machinery. They did it by working together. They did this to working in teams, but then teams that worked with each other. And so they did this. But anybody here, you won a battle and you thought you were done, and then the battle came back around the second time. So what happens is they go, they go um, over in chapter 4. Verse 3, it said, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at, at, at uh, Sambalat's side, says, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Have you ever, you've been successful in holding off the enemy, not going to hell, you know, and then they come back around and this time you're tired and you give yourself a pass. Anybody here, when you're tired, you give yourself a pass. Okay. <laughs> I don't want you to be unaware of the tricks of the enemy. When you're tired, you're vulnerable. Don't give yourself a pass because the results are the same, just saying. And so what does he do in his desperation when you're being pushed and you feel like you're going to cave, you have to run the opposite direction. He runs into the arms of God and he pours out his heart. And we talked about that. And they keep going and they came up with the strategy whereby they placed uh, people uh, at, different, at the low places of the wall, the places that were vulnerable, and they were ready to defend at all times. And so uh, we got up to, uh, uh, let's go verse 16. From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah. By the way, did you know that wearing armor makes your work harder? Because it's heavy. When, when keeping our heart right with the people around us is hard. True? Anybody here, you're like, it would be a whole lot easier all by myself. True? But the reality is, if they did this without armor, they would be vulnerable and the whole work would be lost. It slowed them a little bit, but they carried on. Those who carried materials did work with one hand <laughs> while... And he held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. What is the sword of the spirit, we're told? The word of God, the Bible. You know why the sword of God is so effective? Because it's unemotional. Anybody know? Who here, when you become emotional, 
Okay, when they made me emotional. (laughs) We start developing a whole different kind of logic. I love the verse, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When it's so important to get this in you, memorize, study, because when you, who here, you, um, like you get the Incredible Hulk. Like you are one person and then you're another. (laughs) You are wise and gifted and have self-control and then you're another. Okay, thank you. Right? Because we give ourselves a pass. You know, I... You know, and people are like, you probably should forgive. You don't know what they did. Right? And we forget everything we learned. But when we have his word in our heart, guess what happens? He can remind us. See, we have the mind of Christ. He can remind us. Remember? Remember? That doesn't feel true, but you know it's true. I know. Right? Working with them. It slows you down, but they keep moving forward. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. So again, as they're working, right, they're they're working in these segments, 32 segments spread over two and a half miles. You know, we have the city, right? You've got the temple up here. And that they've got each of these segments, right? And each one is working at the low spot. Anybody want to do some math? Right? So they've got, they are spread out uh, hundreds of yards apart without vehicles in the middle of rubble. It's hard. And it said, when that happens, wherever, it said, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us here for our God will fight for us. Oh, I can't come over. I'm working on my wall. I can't help you. Right? Where, what happens is they recognize that they either rise together or fall together. If the enemy comes through here, does it matter if your section of wall is perfect and beautiful? True? Okay, who here, when stuff starts hitting in the fan in, your, in, your, in the people you're with the relationship, you're like, you know what? I'm good. Y'all deal with yourself. Thank you for the math. 412 feet apart. Come on. Thank you, Philip. Um, So what happens is they're spread out. So what do they have to do is the people who are being attacked, what do they do when they're being attacked? They blow the trumpet. Okay, this is so anti-American, I can't see straight. What is the American way? When, When it's hard, I got it. Who here, when it starts to get hard, you retreat, regroup, and only come back when you're good? That may be anti-American, but that's pro-kingdom. <laughs> that, the opposite, sorry. The pro-kingdom stance is, I need help. I need help. Help. Now notice, do you think the people blowing the trumpet are like, enemy, hold the phone. We've got more people coming. I'll just wait. What are they doing while they're blowing the trumpet? They're fighting. Listen, you got to fight your battle, but you got to invite other people to you. You're not a victim. You're inviting people to conquer the enemy with you. 
Do you see the different perspective? One side, one ditch is, oh, I'm a pathetic person, help. Right? The other is, I'm good all by myself. It's neither. It's, I'm fighting a battle. Will you come fight with me? So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. Listen, if you're going to go where God has you, it's going to take you outside your comfort zone. That's way more than the union mandated eight hours. At the time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve as guards by night and workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water or went to the bathroom. You've been born into war, but you were never meant to war alone. You were born into war, but you were meant to fight together. And so... Um, this really, as I was thinking about this whole thing, is uh, which of the segments of the wall is most important? All of them, right? Which is the segment of the wall that you should probably focus on? The broken parts. The broken parts? Now, there's broken parts everywhere. Anybody found out there's nobody who's not broken? Anybody know that not er there's nowhere where everything is as it should be? So which part of the wall should you focus on? Yours. Yours. And when I say yours, I don't just mean you alone. He puts the lonely in families. He puts the lonely in tribes. And so here he's got them in segments. And, and the Lord really began to speak to me out of another passage. Stay with me. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Those of you who've read ahead know that this is where Paul is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm just going to go through this. He said, now, and he's talking to a bunch of people that have the gifts going on like crazy. They are like super, super, super gifted. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, and actually the word there is the manifestations of the Spirit. I actually like that. You know what a gift is? You give me a gift, I take it and do whatever I want with it. Amen. Let me tell you, that's not how the gifts work. It's a manifestation. When the Holy Spirit shows up, he empowers you to do what he wants to do. You see a little bit of difference? All right. I don't want you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking of the Spirit of God will say, Jesus, be accursed. The fact they had that as an issue in the church is kind of fascinating, but anyway. <laughs> and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are, a, a, uh, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? Oh, I thought it was to make me look good. I thought it was so I could be powerful. For the common good. For my self-actualization. For the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. That's what Masha was uh, demonstrating there. Um, to another 
faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each other just as he determines. So this is something I never understood because I always read the Bible in little chunks. Who are my people? You're like, I need to talk about this, right? Okay, this is, this whole thing is he's saying, I know you guys got all these diverse gifts going on, but you don't have diverse gifts to be diverse. You have them to be unified. See, the diverse unity can only occur through Jesus because there's either unity of domination and control or there's diversity of, I do my way, that's my truth. Right? So, so the thing is, is imagine this is, is over here we have, we have the gift of faith and over here we have healing and over here we have in tongues and whatever. There's different areas where God's going to call us to focus and he's going to primarily move through us, but it's not so we can set up. Anybody been in a church where there was only one gift? Some of you know what I'm talking about. There's one focus. We have, this is the thing, is all of it is needed if we're to walk together and display the kingdom in this world. But he goes on. By the way, he's not making a definitive list of the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit. You know how I know? Because there's three different lists and they're all different. I'll give you an example. Uh, um, uh, A rainbow. How many colors are in the rainbow, kindergartners? Seven. In Russia, it's eight. Galabaya Isinlanda. But, yeah, six. Oh, six. America, six. In Russia, seven. There we go. Thank you. So, but the thing is, is there some cultures that have 12. How many are there really there? Infinite. It's a spectrum, right? The reality is he's talking about a spectrum. of These are some of the ways God shows up. Don't put him in a box. Don't put him in a box. All are needed, though. All right. Verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. So the thing is, is we were all brought into a body. We talked about this, John 17. The whole point that Jesus came and died was not simply to deliver us from sin. It was to deliver us to unity with God and with one another. That's the whole point. That was the point in the beginning. The whole point is that we would be one body. Imagine us as this wall, like the wall. In this case, this is a city, right? There's a city. Now, a a wall does not exist for its own sake, right? Like, if you build a wall in the middle of nowhere, everybody's like, what is this, some sort of artwork? I don't know. It doesn't serve a purpose, right? The wall only serves a purpose if what? It's to protect? It's surrounding something, right? So the wall, anybody, like, imagine this. You're the wall engineer. Nehemiah comes in town. You're like, I am the most important person in the world, we should have walls everywhere. I'm just going to build wall, 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 wall. Anybody here, you got really obsessed with your part of the kingdom and all you could see was walls? You know what would be good here? A wall. I see. I can see, right? You know, and the reality is the wall is not the point. 
But without the wall, the other things won't exist. So what are some parts of a city that are important? The bathroom. The bath- <laughs> truth, 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 truth. All right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. One second, one second. Okay, I got the toilets. Listen, ugly work, right? Who here? Okay. Who here has had seriously stopped up plumbing and you were willing to kiss the feet of that plumber when he came to do his work? <laughs> Let nobody look down on the gift and grace you have been called to. But don't you use that as an excuse to look down on other people. Right? So the toilets, they're important. What else? Well, school. I heard school. School, school, school. Okay, water. Come on. Uh, agriculture. Come on. There, oh, there we go. Uh, four. Uh, stones. Okay. Uh, we got school. Uh, what else? Government. I thought that was of the devil. Okay, government. What was the other one? Security. Security and a resting place. We'll just deal, put a bed here. Police. Police, security, right? You know what none of you have mentioned? Kitchen. Houses. Right? Can you imagine you have a city and you have all of this and no houses? Would that be weird? All right, kitchen, yep. So the thing is, anybody here felt like your gift wasn't valued and therefore determined to not value anybody else's gifts? We're on strike, right? No, every single part of these is important, but you guys forgot one very important part. Yeah, I was like, I was like God's like not in our city. We're, we don't need no God. All right, God, very important. The reality is though, is that it is not, we are all together, not simply so we can sing kumbaya. We are one with God and one with one another. We are meant to live this out. Do you know the, so let me, let me change it another way. What's the most important ministry in the church? You're cheating. (laughs) No, but, but, but let's be real. Okay. All right. What's the, what, Okay. Build up the saints. That's right. Build up the saints. Notice there's no diversity there. Or, I mean, there is diversity. Or feeding orphans a window. This is true religion. Uh, anybody had a friend who was focused on one aspect of the kingdom and everybody else can just deal with it, right? So what, like, okay, come on, guys. You guys are, I'm scaring you. Okay, give me, some, give me something to work with. What are the parts of the church? Preaching. Okay, preaching. How will they believe if they cannot hear worship? Outreach. Outreach. Prophecy. Prophecy. Ministry. Coffee. Coffee. (laughs) Hey, listen, right now I'm very grateful. I'd be be preaching to nobody if there was no coffee involved. All right, coffee. I'm missing a couple. Wow. Okay, kids. Thank goodness the kids are like... What, don't we even matter? What else? Healing. Healing. Community. Community. Yes, Lord. Cleaning. Uh, what was, there was healing. That's right. All right. Okay. So here's my question. If the goal, remember, what is the goal? The goal is unity with God and unity with one another. Which of those is the most important? 
in the same way as if you took out any of those elements of a city that we had. We have a great city. We just don't have any water. We have great city, but uh, no plumbing, right? Like the minute you remove one, the whole doesn't work. We don't work unless each of us have our place on the wall. Each of us, but here's the other part. And only if our parts of the wall connect with the other parts of the wall who value things that are different than us. Anybody ever had a doctor and you're like, I'm so glad that you liked biology and went through school, right? Like, Masha always jokes, you know, is um, when it comes time to do finances or, or, or some, some difficult task in the church, uh, she'd be go, who would ever want to do this? I said, honey, there are people who love tax accounting. <laughs> like, I can't fathom that from where I sit. But there is somebody, everybody has a grace and a gift and a call to something, but you don't get the value of, that's right, Jim, Jim's my man. He's like, hey, I'm right there. Um, but, but I don't get my value by devaluing you. We need this, all of these, the unified, uh, uh, unified diversity that only God can bring. We need all of these parts. And only when we truly understand how we're part of a whole will our parts make sense. I just set it up. I just prepare y'all. Encourage yourselves. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. I've just really, I feel like the Lord has been really speaking to me about this, about the community and just how, um, uh, just giving me different imagery. And one of the images that we've loved for years is an image of a cup. Mm -hmm. That's, um, what is the, okay, can you draw it? Let's say this cup has a hole. Over there. How, how much can this cup be filled? To what level? To that hole, right? So, okay, so let's say it's up here. How, how far can it be filled? It doesn't matter how much water is being poured out, right? This is going to be the level. What if it's a small hole, though? What if it's like, like a lot of little holes down here? They're little. It will like <laughs> ooze out. Anybody like do hole comparison? <laughs> well, it's a good thing I don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how they do it. So the Lord has been speaking to us, I feel like, for years about this whole unity thing. I really do uh, believe that he wants to pour out so much on our body, on our community, on the church at large. But the level of, to which we'll be able to hold it is going to be the level of the lowest hole. The unity. The unity. Unless there is the uni unity, the water will just sip out, right? It, could, it will be here for a moment and we'll like be splashing it. Anybody had moments? And you're like, I wonder how this moment continues. Mm -hmm. We probably, anybody done this? You're like, this is so amazing. I never want to leave. And then you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, but the reality is God wants that what 
We walk in, we walk in everywhere. Continuously and holistically, right? That it's, it's um, unified. So I really feel like that's what the Lord is doing in this season in our body, is filling up the holes, is filling up the, building up the low places so that the level of the water can rise, right? Because all of us long for revival. All of us long for more glory. All of us long for the presence. But it's going to seep out if there are holes. Well, but I know a way that you can get the water level to rise even if you have little holes. You know what it is? Pump. <laughs> Anybody done that? <laughs> if I just read the Bible 12 hours a day, if I just do this, anybody? How long can that last? You know, the funny thing is I was looking up the word gifts, the gifts of the spirit. You know how gifts is primarily used in scripture? For salvation. The wages of sin is death, but the gift, gift, gift is, if it's a gift, it's his flow through us. If it's a work, that's something else entirely. Yes. Whew. So I feel like we've, we've been processing some, just even our language. Um, you know, we're so much about everyone stepping into their destiny in this house. But I feel like just even that, my, my destiny my calling, my thing can become this self-actualizing um, thing, right? Where I'm just like, I just want to be awesome, yeah. right? It's all about And me. it is, you know, one of the ditches is like, no one is awesome. Like everyone just sit down, right? <laughs> the space we are making is where everyone has a voice, where everyone matters. I love what Anne said during Set Free, um, the last woman said free she goes if i'm gone you guys would miss me come on right like you matter everyone matters in this body come like on. you no one can take your place you have an individual role you have an individual place in this body and no one can take it yeah like if you're gone we'll miss you like come on. like there's gonna be a hole in the cup come on right so it's like everyone rising up to their spot to their place being connected to each other. Another image that I, I see all the time is the image of the net. Come on. Right? So the stronger the, stronger the, the net um, things, what are they called? The knots. Yeah, the knots. Mm -hmm. Those connections. The more fish you can catch. And the, sm the closer the, the connections. The closer yeah. the connections. Come on. The Lord speaks to me about that all the time. He says, my desire is that children are born in covenant. Can they be born out of wedlock? Yes. But the best is in covenant. What, is right? that, what does that mean? It means to me that babies that are born into the kingdom, the best place to, for them to be brought up is in family Come on. who are in covenant. Come on, safe place. In the safe place where people can step in, new believers, and we're seeing it. We're seeing the first fruits of that. New believers can step in and just start changing quickly and start growing up, being cared for by mom and dad. Come on. Right, because I was, I was asking the Lord, I was like, oh, I would just like just to, why can't we just go and party and not worry about like all the things we said, cleaning and children and coffee and all this other stuff, right, about setting up structures and, and showing up. And he said, well, you can party when you're single. But once you start having babies, someone has to pay an electric bill. <laughs> <laughs> True parents. <laughs> Right? You can just hop and not commit and not have covenant until you start having babies. 
And the whole, our whole purpose, right, is to reproduce as yeah. believers. Yeah. When we said equip, empower, and release, we meant release to your place on the wall. What we've had a lot of people come is, I've actually released myself <laughs> under my own recognizance <laughs> to go out and do my thing. It's not what we meant. <laughs> so if you've heard that from us, we repent yes, that we did not communicate yes. clearly. It, it, it is re release you to your place on the wall. But here's the part, though. Even when you're working on the wall, what happens when the attack comes? You leave your wall. But what about the toilets? <laughs> Marina and the worship team make a clarion call to worship. Guess what? I, I'm not really a worshiper. I just kind of, you know, I'm more of a coffee person. No! You get your butt in here and get on the wall! I, 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 you know, we, listen, we have a powerful kids ministry, but we need people to minister to kids. I don't really do kids. Do you have Holy Spirit? Because Holy Spirit likes kids. I don't know. Like, no, but we do this all the time. We're like, Listen, there are some things we do because we're called Amen. and others because we were called by the trumpet sound. And as each of us runs to the place, right? You, when we run to the place, I don't really have the gift of healing. Do you have Holy Spirit? You do. They need healing. Go pray for them, right? As we recognize, we quit limiting ourselves according to who we think we are and we begin to embrace who he says we are. And we start warring for each other's identity. So one of the things Paul talks about in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about it. He said, he said, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. You know, like, that doesn't make any sense. Who here has been part of a ministry that's like, we're the hand ministry? And it's like Thing from the Adams Family. It's just this hand wandering <laughs> off by itself. Isn't that bizarre? How can the hand have any power unless it's connected to the body? Nothing works unless it's connected. But he says this fascinating thing. He said, but, he said, you know, he said, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if we're all part of one body, where would that be? Uh, oh, here it is. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. <laughs> Who here has gotten into this fight? I'll appreciate you when you appreciate me. No. No. He says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weak are indispensable. Okay. I had a buddy. He had an ingrowed toenail for five years. Every time I saw him, I stepped on that toe. I don't know. It was like magnetism. Like, I mean, the guy was like, do you do this to everybody? I was like, never step on people's feet. Anyway, but let me just tell you this. My buddy was having thoughts. He was having deep, he was a violinist, he was amazing. He's now an orchestra conductor at a university. Amazing. But every time I stepped on his toe, what was he thinking about? Killing, Killing me, right. No, no, he was thinking about that toe, right? When there is pain, the body rushes to that point, right? It, it exerts, when the trumpet, when there is pain, when there is hurt, when there is issue, we address that. Why? Because we're after the water level. See, the king, Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. When the water is this high and people walk in here, you don't have to tell them that water is wet. 
because they're already sloshing through it. The kingdom becomes three-dimensional. It's easy to demonstrate, easy to invite people into when literally the space between us is a hosting of the presence of God because there is unity all the way around the wall. And God is beginning, I, we've been seeing that, come on, we've been seeing this in, in I don't know about the ladies, they don't tell us about that. I was really excited to hear something from there. But the men, I've been watching this among the men, the water is rising in our midst. There is a unity among the men that I've never seen anywhere. This is not the unity of the hyper-spiritual men. This is a unity of each man saying, I'm here. I'm showing up. I want more of God. I don't know what that looks like. And it's not hyper-spiritual at all, is it, men? It's really pretty low-key. But the water's rising in our midst. That is what God desires. But he can't. He, he puts the lonely in family, but the lonely have to choose to stay in family. That's right. And I had, I actually, that's been on my heart to share too. About four years ago, I wrote down um, about the, that verse. I really felt like the Lord was speaking that it's coming here in this house, that he's putting lonely in families. I feel like it pertains to community, but it also pertains to marriages. I feel like we have already several engagements in this house just in the last couple of weeks, but I feel like, I feel like that's what's going to be happening. He's putting all the lonely in families. And the next thing I also heard that they, um, they're going to start adopting kids. <laughs> come on, come on. So I feel like it's just this, this if, you know, as people opening up their hearts, he's just bringing people together. Come I really, on. that's a prophetic word for, um, for some, but it's, I really, really feel like it's the season for that. But if you've been, I, I was, a, I was a, um, a, a, a lone ranger. I was a single guy. Like, you know, I had my, my bachelor pad. I had, I, anybody here got to a point where, you know, <laughs> hey, it was a bachelor and it was a pad. I'm not saying what quality it was. And I'm not saying there were ladies there. But anyway, moving along, I had this. And, and when you reach a place where everything's just okay, it's really hard to come out to play, isn't it? It's really hard to be vulnerable and to choose connection when people can reject me. People can judge me. I saw this on the internet, so it must be true. Person said this. They said 80% of all the pain people suffer from other people is unintentional. But the interesting thing is we all assume 100% of it's intentional. (laughs) That alone would, would keep a lot more people in family, wouldn't it? right? What if we assume, like Masha said, we assume the best of each other. We actually come out, we're not expecting rejection and judgment, but we're actually giving blessing and love and honor. But I don't have any. Do you have Holy Spirit? So my challenge would be, let's just all close our eyes right now for a minute and just ask Jesus, Jesus, what is my place on the wall? Come on. What place am I building up here at Arise? Where are you calling me? What are you calling me to build? What he says might surprise you. Come on. <laughs> but just say yes, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Moses said, I can't go and speak. I, have a, I stutter. God's like, I didn't stutter. Jesus, Jesus. What if he's putting you onto a team because that's going to be part of where you find family? What if, oh, Jesus, Jesus. You know, uh, man, I will tell you, we are going to have to get a bigger house. 
We're going to have to get a bigger uh, church building because of what God wants to do in our midst. Listen, it's not okay. I have families mm-hmm. saying they, that if, if they're running late, they don't come because they can't find a seat. That's a great problem to have. That's a horrible problem to have. We're believing that God's going to provide for a new facility, and, and that's going to take a lot of work on a lot of people's half that, that maybe you don't feel gifted or qualified in. God's inviting us all onto the wall, all into this space. It might involve, before then, though, scooting over and actually having to not have a place for your purse or your Bible, like actually inviting people to sit with you. I don't know what that looks like. So... Yes, the worship yeah. <laughs> team comes. <laughs> Sorry, we're like yeah, lost wow. in vision. Jesus. I just, I just uh, want to read this, um, this thing that the Lord has given me as a vision. I was like, what is the vision? What is our big why? You know, what are we going after? And he said, it's a community of happy and holy people. <laughs> of happy and holy people who are deeply connected with me and deeply connected with each other. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> We could just Does that stand. sound fun? Come <laughs> <Let's> on. <stand. laughs> Come on. Jesus, we want to be happy, and you make us all holy. We want, to be, we want to explore our connection with you and our connection with each other. Make us one, even as you and the Father are one.